This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way. They provide a seamless mortgage experience when you need an expert in these times to help navigate the home loan process, Rocket can. Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio, 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Send the tweets, send the hot takes, at Ken Carmen, C-A-R-M-A-N. 40 minutes away, Rob Dibble going to join us. Major League Baseball in a heap of trouble, boy. Whoo, goodness. Pierre, no, this don't look good, does it, buddy? No, he it be. does not. He be. He be. According to... Uh, do I blame Rob Manfred on this? Like, I have to, right? See, I want to blame... Rob Manfred makes an easy whipping boy. And we'll get to we'll get to Rob Dibble coming up at 11.40 a.m. Eastern. I just feel it's too easy to rip Rob Manfred, isn't it? When I should be ripping his bosses? I mean, think about this. And I was going to do a segment on this, and now it's, now it's all... Now it all makes sense. Breaking news within the last half hour. Uh, four more Cardinals... Team associates, people with the organization have have the virus. Only one has been a player. Now, you can imagine that, okay, if one's a player, now he just found out that there's going to be more players, so I think it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. According to Manfred, Manfred said, well, you guys better do a better job of doing this or we're going to have to shut down the league. It's like, great, we're going to do this again. Awesome, fantastic. So now we'll watch NHL hockey and we'll watch watch basketball and, and we'll have fun with that. I do find it absolutely patently ridiculous that you have a traveling road show like baseball, and I know they're in more cities than what you find in NASCAR, but NASCAR's only had a handful, and they've been able to quarantine, and they've been able to handle themselves pretty well, and we have to look towards sports and other things here. We have to look towards the sports with fans. We have to look at what happened in Tennessee, what happened in Texas, what could happen in, in, in New Hampshire this weekend, where you're supposed to wear masks and being out and about and through this, but you know, Jimmy Johnson was a guy who had it. He had two negative tests. They let him back in a car. Everything seemed to be okay. Now, they go to different venues, and they're as close-knit as anything. And I know that they've limited exposure. I know that they've limited tests in terms of like being on the track, testing the cars, and they've, they've limited qualifying. In fact, they've cut all that out, and they just go out and pull pills, and then they race. When I look at an entity like that that's able to do it, what's missing with Major League Baseball? Now, it is a different scenario where you have multiple teams playing in multiple cities and lots of groups. But you do have what essentially is a mass gathering in NASCAR where they're able to go to different places. There's no bubble there. 
They usually live in that Charlotte vicinity in North Carolina. They're able to live harmoniously together with the with the couple of bumps in the roads of people being being able to get it, being able to get the virus. What I'm seeing in Major League Baseball is if I can't trust you guys to do what you're supposed to do, the Marlins thing was silly. If you can't trust guys to do what they're supposed to do, then I think that this should be a cautionary tale for what's to come in college football, what's to come in, in, in NFL football, and really what's to come when, when basketball decides to start back up after this season, when the NHL wants to start back up after this season. I know the AHL has put out their schedule saying they'd like to start on December 4th. We'll see if that's possible. We hope that that's possible. Again, there's promising things across the pond. We'll see what actually comes of that. There's a lot of things we got to get through here. Rob Manfred, there's no leadership. But a commissioner... And I did not know that this was going to be the, the, the type of avenue that I had to take to what I'm about to say. The commissioner is only going to have so much power as what his owners are going to give him. You're a, con- you're a conduit between the players. You're a conduit between the players and the owners. Now, we laud Silver. And we love what Silver's doing with the bubble. 855-2124-CBS. We love what Silver's doing with the bubble. And I'll get back to bean balls coming up here next hour. First off... And I'll get to the China issue at some point, but first off, it's not always going to be perfect. And you see where a guy has to work for his owners and has to work for his for his bosses, which are the NBA owners. I look at what's going on in Major League Baseball. What were we fighting about for three freaking months between this? Players and owners going after each other, either side looking bad, writers in pockets either side going ticky-tack. Sorry, it's true, guys. I know where you are, and I know where you stood, and I know what you were trying to push. And so now we sit here in a situation where baseball's back, depending on how well your team's doing. Maybe you're really excited, and now, well, my Monday, we could end up having a shutdown here again. Wonderful. Just Wonderful. I have to look at players, definitely, but I have to look at the bosses. I have to look at the owners, and I have to look at where where Manfred stands in there. Manfred makes an easy target. He gets paid a lot of money to be an easy target. It's the same thing with Goodell. Roger Goodell makes $44 million a year. Roger Goodell makes $44 million a year so you and me and, and, and everybody else can talk about how bad of a guy he is, and it deflects it from the owners. In the NBA... And certainly not everything's perfect, just like I said. The NBA has got it as close to right as you're going to find it. Because I'm going to give Adam Silver his credit. First, you have to credit players who are willing to look at this and go, this is going to hurt if we don't go and do this now. This will hurt in two years and three years and four years if we don't try to have this postseason out and restart this thing and do this right. This is going to hurt our bottom line and hurt each other. So there is, no matter what you want to say about players, there is selflessness among the players there. To be able to give up some of your personal life to go into this bubble and make this thing work and to actually have teamwork, this is what we all claim to we, we want here. As much as people want to make it a political commentary about what goes on before and after the games, you cannot tell me that this isn't some example of great teamwork and great reliability and responsibility among teammates where you're willing to give up your life, move to a hotel, practice basketball, do whatever they do in the bubble, and play basketball and try to win or just try to finish out the season and make your money and move on. That's what we preach from CYO ball all the way up to the NBA. So if you want to get into any one of the other things, I'm sorry, that's not going to cut it here. 
So players, while you may be upset with them because they have a mind of their own, players deserve credit in this case. Silver, yes, deserves credit in this case. But if I'm going to credit Adam Silver, and he does deserve some, I also, while we hate owners, I also must credit his owners. I also must credit his bosses. To have an open mind like Adam Silver, you are allowed to have an open mind if you're Adam Silver because your bosses dictate it. Roger Goodell, close-minded, babbles, deflects, answers questions politically during very tough times, now finally has been given the go-ahead. Why? Because his owners are giving him the go-ahead. The owners of the NFL are. Major League Baseball, if Rob Manfred has some come-to-Jesus moment, it's not Rob Manfred. It's the bosses. It's his bosses. These guys are in positions where I can look at them and I can take my blame to them and I don't have to blame the Maras and the Tishes and the Roonies and I, and I don't have to blame Monfort and I don't have to blame the Steinbrenners. I don't have to blame them. I blame the commissioner. That's what they're paid to do. But in Silver's case... It seems to be open-minded. It seems to be working. There seems to be a feeling of kumbaya amongst everybody, and that's great. That's wonderful. Thumbs up. But if I'm going to give him credit, I need to give credit to the owners. I need to give credit to his bosses. Because in this in this area of where it's working, you look at what the NBA is compared to the other two major sports. And, and no offense to hockey. I leave hockey out of this right now. You look at what the NBA is in comparison to the NFL and Major League Baseball. You have... More younger owners. You have younger owners in this case. You have modern values. A lot of these guys are in their 50s. They're not that. They're, they're my father's age. They're not my grandfather's age. They have a different set of values than what a lot of people do. These are guys who went to college. They smoked dope in college. They did a lot of things that, that are, are kind of in this ballpark of where we're at in a society in 2020. They made their own money. It's new money. Mark Cuban with tech, Steve Ballmer with tech, Tom Gores. There, you got your bad ones. James Dolan, James Dolan is in there, but you have guys who who became billionaires in their own right here, and they want to own NBA teams. They're they're the easiest ones to get into. They own these teams, and for better or for worse, they're skeletons in Mark Cuban's closet too. But they bring the new age style of leadership, the new age style of ownership, into the NBA. Like what a lot of companies are trying to do in 2020. The NBA has already done that. You look to the NFL. I just brought up the Mars and the Tishes. That is, and the Tishes just got in, I understand. You look at the Mars, what is that, third generation right now? The Pittsburgh Steelers are on their fourth generation of ownership. Jerry Jones has owned the Cowboys since 1989. He's owned the Cowboys for basically as long as what a lot of guys I'm talking to have been alive. And now his family is involved, and they are starting to take over as Stephen Jones starts to make some of those decisions as Jerry moves on into his upper 70s and eventually into his 80s. Mark Davis is the son of Al. Like these are, these are blue blood, old money, family heirlooms. And when that's the case, you get a lot more conservative of a group, and you look at different generations and the way things were. No offense to Martha Ford. No offense to Mrs. McCaskey. But they do come from a different generation where certain social issues, good, bad, ugly, whatever it might be, you didn't talk about them. You swept them under the rug. 
I, I brought this up once before when we were doing the whole marijuana debate a few years ago, when the, when the new NFL CBA was going over this. And it was a question of whether or not they should be able to smoke dope, how much dope should they be able to smoke, whatever it might be. And I, I feel the same way a lot of people do. You're a grown man. I don't think pot's that harmful. You want to go ahead and you want to smoke marijuana, you go ahead and smoke marijuana. Hell, it's probably a hell of a lot easier than popping a bunch of pills and doing a bunch of drugs and having to shoot yourself up with HGH. I'm sure that's a lot better. But when you look at NFL owners, most of which are in their late 70s and 80s, who grew up in a time, who who made their, their foundational money in a time of the 1960s where, yeah, there were a lot of shaky hands, but nobody talked about alcoholism. Marijuana was something that the demons put out on you. You could drink as much, drink as much booze as you wanted to. You could pop as much pills as you wanted to. And what happened between a man and a woman at home stayed at the home. That's the way things were. Those guys are still in the NFL. That's why it's taken so long to get here. Major League Baseball, a lot of corporations own those teams. A lot of outside entities, and they run it like a corporation, and, and there's a lot of old folks in there. You know, I, I brought up Charlie Johnson. I know he, he doesn't own, or excuse me, he doesn't run the day-to-day operations. The man's, what, 88 years old? He doesn't run the day-to-day operations with the San Francisco Giants, Bob Dean or Larry Bear or however they got that thing worked out. Those guys are running it. But you're still on the whims of 80-plus-year-old of people. And you have a lot of people who, in those generations, didn't want to face problems the way we face problems now. They didn't have the internet. They read the news, they watched the news on TV, they listened on the radio, and then they turned it off and away they went. Now I have Twitter, I have Facebook, for better or for worse, and I have people's thoughts, opinions, intelligent or not, right there in my face every single day. It's an exchange of ideas unlike we've ever seen. The NBA owners, younger owners, guys who have done it themselves, not hand-me-down franchises, they're more apt to this. They're more open to this. And yes, some of it is for better or for worse, and they have their skeletons in the closet because I can't talk about the NBA and ESPN. Listen, this isn't InfoWars. This is an ESPN piece here about what happened over in China. And that's bad. And the NBA needs to address that. Because what went on in China, according to these reports, where they don't want people talking about this type of thing, when you have basketball camps and guys winging basketballs at children's faces, listen, I know that you want to be a global game, but you're supposed to inflict your thoughts, your personality, our values in these states when we go over there. It's supposed to be a building bridge. They don't just do it the way they do it. So while I say the good things about the NBA, there's also the bad things, and those things will need to be addressed. They might be put on the shelf because we're dealing with all that, but those things need to be addressed. You better bet your ass on that one. But I'm not surprised that when you have a group of more open-minded owners, not completely open-minded, just like what I said, I'm not surprised when you have a group of more open-minded owners or more open-minded bosses that you tend to have a more open-minded commissioner, which means you have a more open-minded players association. I can say bubble, 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 repeat myself, bubble. I really do believe with what's going on in Major League Baseball, do you believe? Because I don't believe... That if Major League Baseball was in a bubble and they just played out in Arizona, everything would be hunky-dory and everything would be fine. I don't believe that whatsoever. 
Can you really trust the Major League Baseball if they played in a bubble? If they played in Orlando themselves. They played at the wide world of sports. we got 30 teams. got a bunch of ballparks. We're going to do it on one big camp. Away they go. You really believe that they would be able to pull that off without a hitch? Major League Baseball? You can what you want to about the virus. The virus is bad. There's a lot of bad things about it. But some of this is going to require leadership. And this is a scary thing to Major League Baseball fans. This is a scary thing to people who work in Major League Baseball who want this sport to succeed even against its own greater good because it seems that it doesn't want to succeed in its own right. This is a big issue for them, and it will be a big issue for the NFL. Because, again, you get a lot of older people there who just want problems to go away and do not want to face them. The NBA faces them head on. The NHL, because the NHL has to, because they want to be able to get your attention. This is a prime time to get people's attention, to get people to pay attention to your sport, to to reintroduce them to your sport. The NHL is doing it, and doing it the right way. Is that just based on a bubble? I don't think so. That's based on leadership. That's based on personal responsibility with the players and the organization. And yes, Gary Bettman, let me bring the NHL into it. Because now, maybe, and and God, I'm, I'm hoping I'm right about this, maybe there is a chance that the NHL has finally collectively pulled its head from its collective ass and sees that people do thirst for sports, and they do thirst for your sport, and they want to give your sport a chance. And this is the glorious part of this problem, is that while this is an awful thing that we're dealing with right now, and someday we will wake up and it will start to get better, there is an opportunity to be had out of this. It's people wanting live sports. They can't go out there and see live sports, but they come to the channel that you're on and they want to see you play. They want to be reintroduced to your game that they liked back in the 90s, that maybe you lost those people because you lost those big television contracts that you had before, or maybe you just had too many lockouts before and we wanted to put it on Gary Bittman. This is the NHL seizing their opportunity. While Major League Baseball continuously messes it up, I think you could put them in a literal bubble if you wanted to. You could put Major League Baseball in a biodome. I have no faith in Manfred, which means I have no faith in the owners. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Just over 20 minutes from now, Rob Dibble going to join us on the show. Up next, I got to go after the internet here. And no, I'm not talking about TikTok. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. Less than 20 minutes away, Rob Dibble will join us, former Major League pitcher. He's a two-time All-Star. He's a World Series champion. He's an analyst. He's a host on 97.9 ESPN in Hartford, Connecticut. He's just an all-around great good guy. I want to see if he thinks I'm wrong. I, I don't think Joe Kelly should have done what he did. Well... Yeah, I just don't believe in beaning guys. We'll get to that. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. With, with what's going on, and some people are looking at what, what the Patriots did this week and a couple of other players where there's been a lot of guys who have been opting out about this. And from a football standpoint, let me make the football point here first. There is a connection here because I think that this can help even things out. Before they came together on an agreement with the CBA, before they came, to get, came together on an agreement with how they're going to do this thing, I thought that this was really going to hurt a handful of teams out there that did not have a lot of experience, had a lot of things stacked against them going into this season. I thought it could really hurt some of these teams. You know, I, I looked at the Jets. I looked at the Browns. I thought that Carolina would be affected by this. Washington would be affected by this with no preseason and no 
no chance to get together to have joint practices. As a fan, I know everybody hates preseason. You do need some sort of scrimmage beforehand to try to get where your team's going to be because week one's going to be nasty. And as much as you say it doesn't matter, the players care, and the, or the players, certain players care because they're trying to make the teams. The, the coaches definitely care. So I thought that that would be a pretty big hit. Teams like Kansas City, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, New England, even Green Bay because you have such a, a long-standing quarterback there, I thought that they'd probably be fine. Seattle, I think that they'd be fine. Now with this, it, it helps even it out a little bit. From a football standpoint, not trying to be unfeeling here, but from a football standpoint, I, I thought experience was going to win. Now, hey, experience has been paid, and you're seeing from certain guys, Dante Hightower, Nate Solder, Marquise Goodwin, you know, they've been paid and they got other things that they need to worry about, and, and God bless them. Go right on ahead and do so. The other thing that I've had a problem with is I, got, I think I have to go to, after the Internet. This is a non-football thing. Because I think I'm starting to see this, and I don't try to get too worked up over social media, and maybe it's me getting worked into a shoot. Maybe Pirno's going to have to correct me on this. Because I think normal society, normal people out there, I, I'd say 99.5% of people that I'm talking to right now understand. They know it's a tough decision. They know that it's a tough decision, and they know the players knew it was a tough decision. Their agents made sure that they knew that they were making a tough decision. Their teams, while they don't, I don't think that they were coerced or there was an attempted coercion into playing the NFL this year. Maybe we'll find out something different later on, but I don't think there was an attempted coercion here. I think their teams made sure of it. Hey, spots aren't guaranteed. The Giants drafted a tackle. Nate Solder's spot in 2021 isn't guaranteed. Nate Solder's fine with that. That's perfectly okay. I think their families made sure of it. I think there's probably a lot of guilt going on with the families. There's a lot of well-meaning people in these people's families. Dante Hightowers, Marquise Goodwins. You know, these guys got kids. They have spouses. They have mothers. They have aunts and uncles, people that they're very, very close to. And these people have been their support staff their entire lives. And they, they look at these kids, they look at these players when they were kids, and they want to help them live their dream, and now they know that they are making a very difficult decision knowing that some of these players may never play again in professional football. Because someday this will end, and 2021 will be here, and 2022 will be here. And some teams, because of just the way things go, are going to move on. It's not meant to be nasty, it's the truth. And I think there's maybe a lot of guilt with some of those family members right now because these decisions are irrevocable courtesy of the agreement with the NFL and the Players Association. So I I bet there's probably a lot of guilt with those family members that they feel bad that somebody that they care about has made these decisions. And I say 99.5% of normal society believe that. I have to talk to the certain group out there and there's a certain group of journalists that I think I'm seeing here. The Internet's been a wild place because we have an election coming up. We do have the coronavirus going on. There's been a huge economic impact. There's been a lot of things going on. I do think there's two things. One, I do think that people have been probably led astray, been hoodwinked by 13-year-olds trolling people on the Internet. I don't think normal society has anything against Nate Solder in this case. I don't think they have anything against him. I don't think they have anything against Dante Hightower. Normal society doesn't feel that way. I'm willing to bet that 
there's probably a lot of 13, 14-year-olds out there who've made some Twitter accounts and decided to go after them because they're bored and they're 13 and 14-year-olds. And We remember when I was 13 and 14-year-old and I used to call up people and prank them and hang up on them and do nasty things because I was a 13 or 14-year-old idiot and that's what we did before we had the internet. Now I have the internet and now all of a sudden there's a voice to my idiocy if I'm 13 or 14 years old. That's bad enough. There is another part to this. Again, in normal society, have you seen anybody of any reputation? And I might have to ask Pierno this. Let me run this by Pierno. Who has been overly critical of these players for opting out? Pierno, have you seen anybody in what we do, in, in big-time media, anybody in the NFL who's been overly critical of these players? No. Have you found anybody? So then it, you say no, right? Yes. Okay, so no, you haven't seen anybody. Then why am I seeing virtue signaling posts, articles, tweets coming to the defense of players that I don't need to come to the defense of? These writers, these these people who I, I got to say are even worse than the 13-year-olds because they're grown adults fishing for maybe some notoriety. Fishing for a little bit of publicity while well, they're the champions of the of the people who are voiceless, the players who have decided to opt out. Nobody's questioning the players who have opted out. Again, maybe some teenage idiot who just decided to have a little bit of fun on Twitter because this stuff isn't real. The internet isn't real. But I've seen plenty of people virtue signaling for, dare I say, retweets and likes, which makes it even greasier to defend something that doesn't need to be defended. I think I have to go after the internet in that case. I I see this when I saw the Cardinals news. It just becomes a big contest of who can be outraged the most and who can go for as many likes and retweets as they can. Nobody's going after Dante Hightower. Dante Hightower has won championships. He's made a lot of money. He's decided that things are more important. Good for him. We'd love to be in a situation like Dante Hightower or Nate Solder in this case or any one of the others who have decided to do it. There's guys who have decided to do it, and they don't have the money that Dante Hightower had and never will. They don't have the type of income. They don't have the type of careers that these other guys had, and they never will. Not going after any one of them. Not by the least. So I got to tell you, if, if you get anything from this, and I don't know if you do, be careful about some of these writers, some of these people that, you, that you're following and you're seeing. Because some of this just isn't true and doesn't add up. And if you're fooled by a 13-year-old, hey, that's, a ba- that's, that's as bad as it gets. That, that's one thing, though. But what can even double down and make it worse, if I'm trying to put myself over and get myself for you to believe me and you to love me, over some straw man that isn't even going on. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Coming up in just about, oh, I'd say a half an hour. Maybe us knowing is going to have to be punishment enough. Up next, Rob Dibble. He'll join us, former Major League pitcher, all-star, World Series champion. You're never a former World Series champion. Once you're a World Series champion, you're always a World Series champion. He's an analyst. He's a host on the radio. All-around guy around town, great guy. We'll talk to him about whether or not I'm right or wrong because I just don't believe in beanballs anymore. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio.
855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Send the tweets, send the hot takes at Ken Carmen C-A-R-M-A-N. Plenty of people have been disagreeing with me all day about hitting pitchers, headhunting, or pitchers hitting batters, headhunting hitters to take some sort of vigilante justice out of it. I understand that you want it. You want your pound of flesh. You want your justice. You want what's rightfully so. You've said as much. People called it street justice. I just can't condone it. Neither does a normal society condone it. I, I know we want some sort of... We want some sort of fight back for guys who have wronged us. But you see it in every single case. Even if, even if the court has wronged me, and say I go out of my way. We've seen a couple of cases. If I go out of my way, say something terrible happens to me, and we all know and everybody knows that the person who wronged me is guilty of wronging me, and for somehow they weren't found guilty. And if I go out of my way to go after them, people are going to say, hey, that's a great thing to do. That you, you did what was right. Vigilante justice, street justice, right then and there. I'm still going to have to pay the fiddler for that. They don't just let me walk free. I mean, there's been a couple instances, maybe. They don't just let me walk free. I mean, I guess I could look back at the, at the ancient age of George Remus if I really wanted to do that. Everything else, they don't just let you go. You're going to have to pay some sort of penalty for doing that. So while I know a lot of people are championing what Joe Kelly did, hey, they're not taking away the World Series championship. It might be a little bit more bruised the next day, but they'll they'll still play baseball as long as Major League Baseball will let them. Talk about a guy who, or talk to a guy who was a Major League Baseball player and a really, really good one, an all-star, I believe two times over, definitely a World Series champion, I know that. Been an analyst in Major League Baseball, host at 97.9 ESPN in Hartford. Find this man on Twitter, Rob Dibble 49 Rob Dibble joins us on the show today. Rob, thanks for joining us, friend. My pleasure. How are you? Doing very, very well. All right. Take me through this here. Now, you played in an era that definitely policed itself. Do you agree with Joe Kelly? Do you disagree with Joe Kelly? Because I find it hard to condone it, and maybe that makes me a beta male, Rob, but please take me through this. Well, it never should have got to that. I, I was listening to you know what you were saying. If the commissioner had done his job and punished those that were guilty, and the players don't have to police the sport. But because uh, the Astros were rewarded with a championship, a ring, a trophy, the bonus, uh, and and then their attitude this spring before the pandemic hit, you know, that that was as obnoxious as anything that they did. I you know, and and so for Joe Kelly, he's the kind of guy that he like myself, not a lot of guys want to come out of the bullpen. Not a lot of starters ever want to police the sport. It's usually the, the, the guys out of the bullpen that have to do a lot of dirty work. And he went in there. Now, I don't condone ever throwing above the shoulders. Mm-hmm. And had he just drilled Bregman in the ribs, I guarantee Bregman would just run the first. And Bregman wanted no part of that. you know. But see, then he comes back and he throws inside on Correa. And it's like, all right, well, now you're starting to, you know, 95 near the head is kind of dangerous. You know, your point was made the first time. So I, But, you know, go back to Manfred. If he does his job, he doesn't give these guys immunity, none of the players are going to have to retaliate. And you haven't seen the last of it. The Oakland A's will probably attack the, the Astros. A lot of other teams 
Um, but the guys don't want to do it. You know, I coach a lot of guys. I even coach some pro guys um, and work out with them in the off season. I have a place in Connecticut, and that's not their way. They're they're not old school like I was. I was brought up like when Pete Rose told me to knock somebody down, I knocked them down. I didn't question where it was coming from. Um, I figured they had a good reason for it. So it's it's a little bit different now where these guys have social media. They're a lot more friendly with each other. We didn't have interleague play, so we kind of despise the other league all the time. And, and that's just the way we went about our business. It's a totally different business atmosphere today where you're rewarded for being a cheater. Look at how they treat A-Rod. A-Rod's like a king. You know, Jim Crane's talking about, you know, giving advice to A-Rod. A-Rod might be able to buy the Mets. So, you know, that's, that's the generation now that we live in, that, that you're rewarded for being a cheat. You're rewarded for, you know, uh, cheating your, your own guys in the union. I mean, think about that for a second. I was a union rep back in the strike in 94. I, I can't even imagine guys that would try to pull one over on all these guys that are fighting for the same thing. And that, that's the worst part about the Astros is that a lot of these guys knew it. They, they had no problem cheating their fellow players and peers, and, you know, they weren't punished for it. Oh, I, I, and I've made no mistake about it, Rob. Rob Dibble joining us on the show. This is a man who played, so I'm, I'm sharing opinions with a man who is actually up there on the mound and, and certainly sees things a lot different from me. I... This is the beauty of doing radio, Rob. I don't have to say. I don't have to try to act like I'm, I'm drawing it down the line. I, I, I'm a fan. I hate the Astros. Okay, I hate them, and, and and I was upset by what I saw. I thought it was egregious. Like I I, I get it. Like it, it's pro sports. If somebody's leaving their guard down and I don't take advantage of it, you could say that I'm not doing my job. Either way, that's fine. It happens. Um, but this this I mean we're talking about. Banging trash cans like Oscar the Grouch and, and, and bringing electronics into this, this is really silly. Let me throw another thing at you, though. It, it's almost conspiratorial. We, we're putting a lot of brain, blame on Manfred, and rightfully so. Should we be putting blame on owners because he does work for his bosses, the bosses are the owners, and I still think, you know, a lot of owners, if you want to take away a World Series or, 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 or really put a penalty on the Astros – yeah, Jim Crane, that could happen to him, but I think a lot of owners are going, yeah, I don't know if I want you looking in my closet for something like this. No, I agree. Listen, here, here's how the, the whole technology thing happened. It, it was more with Rob Manfred and the owners wanting to speed up the game by five minutes. So then you put in the replay rooms. Then you actually show that you have the technology, and I, I have a lot of friends that are in the, the police and the military, and it's no longer facial recognition it's activity recognition. So, like, you're able to, you know, recover, like, a guy's pitches and sequences. And so the second at bat, now you can go, well, hey, you know, let's just flip it around on Verlander. Justin Verlander, every time he gets uh, two strikes on somebody, he throws a changeup on the inner half. They knew that. That, that's, that was the pattern recognition technology that they were using. But that was given to them by Major League Baseball. So, yeah, there's a lot of culpability with the owners, Manfred, the teams for using it, and that's exactly what the Red Sox did. The Red Sox, they did it in a different way. They were using that replay booth, going in there, being able to figure out sequences and locations, having a pattern, going out to second base, looking towards center field, looking towards right field, looking towards left field. It was very intricate in how subtle it was. And so in my day, a guy would put his left hand towards the bag, and that meant it was going to be on that side of the plate. 
for location. And other guys might look towards third base or even do a hand signal towards third base, and that's the location to pitch. And you'd get one close to the head if you were going to do that kind of crap because that, to me, was underhanded. And Norm Sherlton got suspended for a week for throwing up Mike Sosha for doing that crap when we played the Dodgers. So guys kind of shied away from giving location, trying to give pitches and stuff like that just because, you know, there was a fear factor. There's no longer a fear factor. You know, nobody retaliates anymore because nobody really cares. Because, like you said, everybody's probably doing it. So I, I don't just think the Astros are doing it. They said 10 teams were investigated for it. As soon as they, they wanted to not bring shame on the entire game, they're like, oh, dude, it was just the Astros. I don't believe that for a second. The Yankees were using some kind of Apple Watch technology. You know, and if you, you know, some of my friends that, that talk about this all the time, you could take the buzzer out of an iPhone and you could tape it to your chest and, and still have it go off. All right? So that's some of the stuff they're talking about the Astros might have been doing, uh, you, you know, in, in 2018, 2019. I don't believe they're the only team that was doing that. So that's the problem Rob Manfred had with, with giving these guys immunity. I still believe other teams are using the technology. They're going to figure it out. I think it'll be more difficult without uh, fans in the stands. But trust me, if there's technology out there, there's a team that's trying to, to, to get around it and use it to their advantage. This is incredible. Rob Dibble laying it down with us. I, I don't have a whole lot of time, so, but I have to ask this question too. All right, you're a guy who who probably gotten some scraps as a player. What is what is the what is the etiquette for a pitcher? All right, you're supposed to go out there and you've been given the code red that this guy's going to get it. What do you do after he starts to make gestures to the mound? Is there a code where you stand there and you get ready to fight, or is it okay where I've seen some pitchers kind of, yeah, I'm going to kind of go behind the mound here and hopefully my catcher's going to catch this guy and maybe we'll just shove each other for a while and that'll be the end of it. How does that work, well, Rob? I'll give you, like, a for instance, and, and I really didn't get a code red. I did it on my own because I was sick, but I threw behind <laughs> Eric Yelding, yeah. and he charged the mound. He actually did one of the coolest things there. He threw his helmet at me, which kind of <laughs> threw me off guard. But for the most part, you're hoping your third baseman and, and your, your first baseman can get to the base coaches. You're hoping the catcher uh, can get the third man in, but it's you and the, and the guy. I mean, you know, I listen, being at the bottom of the pile, I've had coaches choke me out. I've had guys like biting me and, and spiking me and trying to bust my arm. I mean, so yeah, you don't want to be at the bottom of the pile. So you just, you, you kind of brace yourself. What's, what's going to happen. But, uh, being a hockey player growing up in Connecticut, I was used to some scraps, like you said. And, uh, it was just, it was the nature of the beast. You know, in my day, you were always like two or three outings away from being sent back to the minor leagues. And that, that was the reality we dealt with, especially in the Reds organization. They were cold. Pete was cold. Lou Pinello was cold. Uh, when Davey Johnson took over, uh, they didn't, they, if you didn't do exactly what you were asked to do, you might get traded or sent back to the minor leagues. So, um, but, yeah, there's really no etiquette. It's just uh, I, I actually learned how to fight better once I retired. I started taking tanks who dough. So I wish I would have taken that when I was 20 years old instead of 30 years old. You take what now? What is this? What is this uh, discipline of, of MMA here? What is this? Thanks, you know, it's it's a mixture of uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, karate, and kung fu. So it's a, it's a, it's almost all mixed martial arts. So wow. a lot of my friends that are in it and with the Bellator people, um, that that's why I'm so into MMA and stuff like that. But I didn't know any of that stuff when I was when I was growing up. 
it was just more or less you're throwing haymakers and wrestling and stuff. So mixed martial arts more about survival and, and being able to get out of uh, submission holds and stuff like that. Rob Dibble joining us on the show. I have less than a minute. I have no faith that even if Major League Baseball was in a bubble, it would work. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty psyched to see the NBA. Hopefully the NHL works it. It's, it's on the players. You know, I was at the Travelers. I did my radio show from the Travelers this year. And uh, you, you had their commissioner saying the same thing our commissioner should be saying. It's on the players to make sure that they stay safe. They shouldn't be going to bars. They shouldn't be going to parties. They shouldn't be even playing video games together after games. Try to separate, keep that separation, and hopefully the season will will continue. But right now with the Cardinals, um, you know, who knows what's going to happen next. Yeah. Rob, I can't thank you enough for the time. I know you're a busy man. Follow this guy on Twitter, RobDibble49. Take care, my friend. All right. Take care. Rob Dibble, former Major League pitcher, all-star, World Series champion, analyst, host on 97.9 ESPN in Hartford. Again, follow that guy on Twitter. Oh, that was a lesson. And, hey, you can even hear it in my voice when he was talking. I got a little bit giddy when he took me on the inside, did I not? Did I not? Hey, I I know that we want to go after Manfred. Manfred's, Manfred is in a position of power. He does not wield his power. He, he's really spineless in a lot of ways in this case. Yes. That's a tough word to say, but it's the truth. Yet, who does he answer to? He answers to the owners. And so I know the players are upset with each other, and yet I know some players did it. I just don't know if vigilante justice is the right way. 855-2124-CBS. We'll get back into it when we come back. Also, top five and maybe us knowing is going to have to be punishment enough. Think Scarlet Letter. Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.